Okay, how about if we open with prayer and then we can start today. Heavenly Father, we thank you profusely for every single gal that is here today or will be here today at some point watching the video because they had to be away, off-site. And Lord, I just thank you for every single one of us and the opportunity to be your child and to have you bound your, bind yourself to our own selves so that we can find that we are bound to you irrevocably forever. And what an incredible gift. And we thank you for it. And we pray that you will pierce every one of our hearts today with something that you want each one of us to learn, I pray. And thank you in advance in Jesus' most wonderful name, amen. Okay, girls, this week, we're gonna be talking about lesson eight, which is called, For I Have Learned to Be Content. And before anything else happens, be aware that Paul is the one who said that. And what I have always appreciated was that he said, have learned. I have learned, which means that it has been a process. And so just in case any of you get frustrated because you're not there yet, just remember that Paul wasn't either and he had to get there. And I'm sure even when he got there, he could have a bad moment here or there and lose it as any one of us might have, or at least as I might have. Maybe that wouldn't be the case for any of you here, but <laughs> right, right. Now I wanted to show you something here <clears throat> that I read in, <clears throat> in Dallas Willard back before or at the very beginning of COVID. <clears throat> and I read it every morning and it just settles me down. I choose to be content with the appointment that God gives me for today. And if your life is crazy, as one or two of you might have a very crazy life right now because of lots of transitioning going on, it's one thing. But what if you're COVIDed out and your life is like on half mast of what it normally would be? Well then, if all you have on your plate today is this, one thing, then we will choose to be content with that because that's what God has purposed for me for today. And uh, that's just a little COVID thought for today. Although I don't think I'm ever gonna let that go. That's gonna be with me for the rest of my life. I just love the way it rolls off the tongue when I read it. Okay, since my job is to review then what I'm gonna be doing today is taking up some issues that we've talked about in the past, and I'm hoping that you girls will give some real life examples of what you've experienced or been learning yourself as you have been going through this process of getting up to week eight, or it's actually week nine, but lesson eight. Uh, so there's been a lot that we've been learning, and um, I'd like to start out by giving you my own card that I look at every morning in my cards when I'm praying. And it has to do with the issue of submission. Now that's a couple of weeks ago that we had the lesson on that. 
but uh, who would be able to rattle off off the top of their head the basic definition in your mind for what submission means in God's economy? Who could do that? Respecting our husband's leadership. Respecting my husband's leadership. Very nice. Any other way you'd like to say it? Submitting more to God and what he's wanting to help your husband. Submitting more to God and therefore being willing to do what your husband says. So that's, that is more in keeping with my personal quickie that I'm always pulling out. You see, we need to have quickies that we're always pulling out, right? And that for me is to cooperate voluntarily. My choice. I like that. Uh, out of love for God and for the other. Now, this card demonstrates submission for candy. And I apparently needed to make a card to pray over every day. And it has to do with travel. Because in the past, travel has not been easy. I get along great with my husband, but during tra travel times, it can be glitchy. And... Uh, my husband's a very take-charge person, and in my world, I guess I get to be take-charge too. Does that sound familiar to any of you? And then all of a sudden, it's the two of us traveling, and I'm not happy about following. And maybe I've forgotten a little bit about this concept of cooperating voluntarily. So I have this list that I read every day to be ready for the next time I should travel, which by the way, for me, will be during Thanksgiving week. So one of the things that I have on here is death to self, Candy. Cooperate voluntarily and take the high road. Somebody spoke about the high road and I said, I need to remember that. Take the high road. Anticipate travel stress and stay alert. So do I need to be prayed up before I start traveling with Stan? You bet. Um, no self-seeking, but seek wisdom from above. And then this is here in it. And then my last one, which wouldn't be important to any of you if you had like the perfect mom. But I have here, be like Helen Morkin, not like my mom. And I know what I'm saying when I, when I look at that because my mom was contentious and overbearing and difficult. And Stan's mother was the opposite. She was always at ease. And if anything stressful was going on around her, she just quietly addressed it, which was not the way I was raised and it wasn't what I was used to. So this is my personal need for keeping myself in the right place with my Lord when I'm in more stressful settings like travel. Does anyone have their own personal um, example that you could give us that you've been discovering you need to stay on top of yourself with, with regard to cooperating voluntarily with your husband? So Robert has a business He's been in business on Main Street for like 36 years. And when I retired from teaching, I now help. That's been about four or five years. So not only do we often have this struggle at home, now we have it at work. And there was an example 
this past week that um, the city is offering a, uh, a grant to businesses with a pretty involved application process. And I believed we needed to apply for it. And I knew that it would be me doing all the work, but I still felt strongly about it. And he didn't respond as we talked about it during the week. And it was due yesterday and Friday afternoon. I said, is this something you know, you want me to pursue? No, I don't think so. And I'm just <laughs> because it's just like free money. And, you know, yes, they can turn us down. He said, yeah, I just think, you know, there are probably other businesses that need the money more than we do right now. Again, that's his really sweet nature. And what did you do? Well, I let it go. And um, we didn't get it. And what? And we, we did not apply for the loan. So you let it go, and you did not do what you wanted to do, which would have, let me guess, would have been maybe overbearing and insisting. Not, I don't know why I thought of that. No. <laughs> it would have been on my mind and on my heart and entering conversations and me saying, okay, you know, if we really want to do this, you need to let me know some work involved and um, he ended on Friday with you know I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and I so wanted to bring it up again and I never did but I have to tell you yesterday all I could think about was when the grantees come out throwing it in his face oh look do you see what buggers we are isn't that great? Oh, look, this t-shirt store got a loan. Too bad we didn't apply. So, so are, you, um, are you being prepared? I think I am being prepared. Good, good. Do you see how much we need to anticipate? And, and when I say anticipate, I'm not saying anticipating so much Stan. I'm anticipating my natural knee-jerk responses to be prepared against them, to do it God's way. That's what I need. Excellent work you did this week. It is uncomfortable, and it still bothers me, and it goes back to when we were talking about how my father was kind of stingy and cheap, and so I'm <laughs> always going to go after things like that. Yeah. And I get satisfaction out of that. And, you know, he really doesn't. He feels confident in where the business is right now, and... And so he doesn't feel the need for it. But your natural propensity, and it's really valuable for us to recognize what goes on inside of us, where it comes from. We're kind of wanting to look into where we come from from our past and what our natural proclivities are. But, you know, it's sometimes being right is the most unimportant thing in the whole world. And what we are discovering uh, in this course is that that is really, really true. It is the most unimportant thing in the whole world. And yet, we as women are naturally bent in our sin nature. We are right, and we want everyone to know it. I'll never forget, uh, my husband's got an oldest sister, and she is like fabulous woman, and her husband is just as fabulous. 
And one time we were together, and ever so quietly he said, Yes, Andrea has a deep need to always be right. And I thought, oh, we do this, don't we? Oh, this is our natural proclivities, every one of us, and our husbands always are aware of it. Even if they don't say anything about it, they're always aware of it. You gotta love it. And it doesn't help. It doesn't bring them towards the good places that our hearts are desiring for our husbands to go. It helps to tear them down. And that is not the goal. Now, um, the whole concept of love as a verb, which was last week's lesson, did anyone have an opportunity to see themselves in action either A, towards practicing that selfless love towards your husband in ways that you are not accustomed to doing, or B, caught yourself in the act of unloving behavior? Um, I was, I think it was maybe Monday or Friday, and our closet was just really disorganized, and particularly Mike's side of the closet. Um, and so I was, and we were right in the middle of potty training, so there wasn't a whole lot like for us to do. I just needed to be paying attention to my daughter. And so um, I was like, you know what? We're gonna go have a little closet organizing party in the closet, hang out in there. And so we did a combination of closet organizing slash potty training and, um, and acts of service is my husband's love language. And it's the lowest one on my list. Of course. Um, and, but it just felt, it felt really good to, to be able to do that and surprise him with that. And he's just been so busy um, to be able to help him that way. Did he appreciate it? Very much so. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, I had a situation last night where my husband had an extremely difficult day and he was very stressed out, which is not normal, but that was yesterday. And I had a really, really stressful day yesterday, par excellence, and I was just exhausted mentally. And I wanted to be able to sit down at dinner and talk to Stan about my awful day, and I didn't. I thought, you know, he needs to talk about it, <clears throat> and he doesn't need to hear about mine. He's had such a rough day, he doesn't need to hear about it, I'm just gonna be quiet. And this morning, when he got up, I just quietly asked him about this shield, and he was great about taking care of it, and he said, oh, that's just awful, and he was very, compassionate at that time. And the shield issue was part of what was making it a difficult day yesterday. But sometimes the Holy Spirit just gives you these little hints. Shut up, Candy. You don't need to speak right now. It is not what he needs to hear. And I was very grateful for it. I kept wanting to, but I didn't. Thank you, Lord. He saves us from ourselves if we take the time to listen. Have you noticed that? Have any of you uh, been noticing uh, gaze aversion this week? Or have you just all become so good at focusing on keeping your eyes focused on your husband? I think for me, like sometimes when Mike and I have conflict, it's really important to me that we have eye contact when we're apologizing. And I before would be very quick to 
criticize him for not doing that. <laughs> and um, what I've done instead is not say anything, but just continue to maintain good eye contact. With oh, that's him. wonderful. Apologizing, or when I'm saying, I forgive you, I'm sorry. And if he's not looking, I just let it go and know that God will help him deal with that. Later. Sooner or later, right. Excellent work. That's great work. Anyone else? Yes. So mine's a little different. So my husband probably has ADD. Yes. He literally cannot sit for five seconds. Like he is just everywhere. Um, and so I used to, we would start talking and he would leave the room and I would just be like, you're not even this. Like I'd start yelling or I'd start, you know, and now I just, I stopped talking. And, and then he'll be like, I can still hear you. And I'll say, oh, I just don't want to yell across the house. I'll just wait until you can come back. And I say it super nicely. <laughs> so then he'll kind of grudgingly kind of come back in the room. And then I have learned that I need to like really get to the point and say what I'm saying because he, again, is just... Mm -hmm. All men need that. Literally. Get to the point, stuff. right. Don't, don't so, no weeds. But it's, right. it's been helpful. <clears throat> it works. You have, the, you have the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? And he wants to be helping us all the time and illuminating us. That's great. That's just perfect. Thank you, Lord. Good work. When we were learning last week about speaking the truth in love, the whole concept of speaking after prayerfully considering whether you should speak at all, because more often than not, we shouldn't speak at all, and then whatever I say, if you'll recall, goes out into space. And then it's up to the Holy Spirit to apply it to the recipient. And in this case, we'll say it's our husband, but it could be others. Uh, did any of you have some sort of an impact on you about that concept last week uh, where you may have applied it or given it more thought or see a possibility for the future to practice that? Does anyone have an impression about it? Did it impact you one way or the other? So I thought it was great. I, it, it jogged my memory since I've obviously heard this before in taking the class. Um, and I think for me, I'm not so good at sitting on something and praying over time, but I'm getting better at just being quiet in the moment when I feel triggered. So when you mentioned gaze aversion, I've been, uh, I'm noticing when I avert my gaze, I'm often triggered and feeling, having a shame response myself. Ah, that would do it. Shame would do it. And so in those moments, I mean, I always just feel so bad. You just want it to, to stop. And so, but I'm learning to just pause longer. So I'm not necessarily, I mean, I love that you can sit on this overnight, but like, it feels like there's a distance or disconnect that needs addressed, but I'm learning to pause and not just react. React. So an example from this week was uh, driving in the car. My husband, we're teaching our 15-year-old to drive. Oh, oh. And then I was driving and picked him up and then had to go pick her up and then come back. And honestly, I felt like I was the 15-year-old driver in that moment because he's checking all the cars and he's telling me what lane to be in. and. And I, by the time we got to where we were going, um, I 
was livid on the inside, but I'm thinking about all this, you know, cognitively and trying to just be quiet. But then I realized, so I was good, I didn't react, but, but then time goes on and there's still a disconnect that needs to be resolved. And so I think what, what this, you know, speaking the truth in love, to be able to just say, like, this is how I felt, but in a calm <laughs> voice, right? And then to have that be received is really still fairly a new experience in our, in our relating. And, and then to be able to go forward, but that was many, many hours after the offense occurred. And I, and I, but it, it, it took a while before I could like get over my, my reaction. That's right. And I think that that's fine. Because when you finally could address it appropriately, then you're still having that moment when the words have gone out in space and then your husband's going to have to respond to the Holy Spirit's work, which is impressive what the Holy Spirit will do at that time. In my case, if I have something that I, that I have wanted to address, I almost never address it in the moment, but wait. And I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to guide my thinking, give me his words. And I, I can't imagine having the presence of mind to go the moment the situation comes up. And it might be that, that you girls are the type, one of you or two of you might be the type that have it at, in the moment, but uh, that's rare because we need time for the Holy Spirit to simmer us down and then for us to start hearing his voice on the subject and not my voice. So be, that's all good. That's all good. Um, I, I don't want to steal thunder here, but I think that, I think that um, very cute comment that I wrote down when we were getting together last week, Pam and I, she wrote, uh, she gave me this concept. Conflict is inevitable. Combat is optional. Isn't that great? I thought that was real nice. Well, I have a feeling that I better stop right here and give Pam a chance to get up here and speak to you girls. <laughs>